Hey gang, welcome to the 24th episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your E3 week and weekend. I'm Ben Palmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. So, I just want to clarify that this is now the second week in a row we've had to restart due to my own technological <laughs> failures. Uh, at least this one. To be fair, this minutes. wasn't so bad. We were only like not even five minutes in. Yeah, but you were you were like right in the middle of doing some some heavy lifting on Detroit. So I want to get right back to that. Uh, we, uh, you know, the, over the past week there have been a ton of game announcements, and we'll be sure to get to those. But let let's not forget the games that we've been playing now. Um, so Dakota, you've been playing through Detroit. Through is mm-hmm. it, how, how many times have you beaten it? Uh, still only once, because every time I tried it, which is it makes it sound like a bad game, but every time I try to go through and play it a second time, I always fall asleep. <laughs> uh, I think that's just my unfortunate work schedule. Right. I'm I'm real tired, and uh, it's just a very relaxing game, and it just puts me to sleep, I guess. So I I do want to just touch on this really quickly. You know, you mentioned that Heavy Rain was sort of their their pilot episode and trying to get things figured out and like having the decisions make a difference. But ultimately, it didn't feel like we were winding down to some, you know, totally different consequence at the end of the game. See, Um, I feel like I wouldn't say that the consequences at the end of like they're not huge at the end of Heavy Rain. But compared to a lot of choice, you know, choice-based games, sure. it it does a very good job for you know coming out in like two thousand. Especially because it was one, yeah, it was one of the first. Um, it w- I, I would I would argue games. to say it's even like the first for yeah. choice-based games, but uh, it does a very good job. And if you because I I mean I've watched through all of the endings, so I know because um, there are a lot of very different ones. I guess the gameplay kind of stays the same regardless of your choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but the endings do change depending on what you do and what happens. Um, and they kind of fell flat when it came to Beyond Two Souls, where you almost choose your ending. Right. Um, and everything you did in the story kind of doesn't matter. But I'm sure we had people that would rather argue that it does matter in a different way. But yeah, um, I think that Beyond I'm Two sure Blake Souls... I'm sure Blake would. Well, I, I know his argument has been that it's more, like, narratively structured. So there's just more yeah. structure to Beyond Two Souls. Um, but Detroit is crazy. It has... And you could just see it from... Because it gives you a flowchart which is really nice for people that are like completionists and want to see every little detail of right. everything. Yeah, I've seen you. It on literally tells you like, you know, oh, this is kind of where you branch down and you can see it. Um, and as, as you get closer and closer and to the end of the game, uh, at the very end, it's, there was, oh, like two totally different trees. And of course, each tree was based off of like the decision you made in like the earlier chapter or sequence. Um, and so you, depending on which, like how you played the game, you'd get one and one ending or the other, if that makes sense. But then you'd also still have to play through it. And there's still like three or four different branching endings to just that one sequence. Wow. If okay. that's making sense. Yeah, it's, so it's it, really in depth. Sure. Um, so you it's have like, like sort of a broader ending and then you have a more specific ending inside of that broad end. Yes. Yeah, so say... Well, no, then that's spoilers. Never mind. I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, but it, I'm really it excited is, to, to play Detroit. It, it's really in-depth. And even, like, 
it, it, it is. It's, they go really in-depth, and they did a very, very good job with this game. And I feel like a lot of, like, as a story, it's an, David Cage makes, writes really, really good stories, regardless of what you think of him as a human being. Uh, he's a great story writer. But, um, um, I, you know, I think at the very, mo- at, at the very least, um, the thing that this, his games always bring some discussion about storytelling in video games. Uh, which, you know, is sort of an underserved part. Even we tend to focus on, on game mechanics, and we're a whole website based off of, like, how, how video games can function as storytelling. Yeah, but... and I'm not going to lie, the, the mechanics in all of his games, in all Quantic Dream games, they're all very similar, in that it's kind of, like, it's not consistent, and it's sometimes there's, like, weird clunky motion controls, and it's, you know, quick time events and kind of, you know, doing a certain motion with your joystick at a at a certain point when it tells you to and the controls aren't great but they never have been but I, that's, I guess they're not the point though of the game sure. so Marcos uh, you unfortunately were in a bit of a car accident again yeah uh, well, thanks, a bit thanks for, <laughs> a bit. thanks for being here with us this week um, yeah man I, I know you've been uh, soldiering on here but have we gotten a chance to play any games this week yeah, I've uh, been playing the Dark Souls Remastered and the uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle game. Cool. Um, so I know this is your first time through Dark Souls, but you've played through. Well, you've did you play all of two? You must have played most of it if you got to Shrine of. No, Atlanta. I played all of two. Okay, and three Real you've soul. also played all of in Bloodborne. So you're you're a Souls vet, but Souls One was kind of the one that you hadn't gotten to. Um, yeah, because I didn't. I just didn't own it. Sure, and this what? was. A, Good way to own it. Yeah, of course. So what uh, what do you think of it? Oh, dude, I love it. It's it, great. It, do you think in terms of the Souls franchise that it's, I guess, Souls Born, where does it, where does it rest upon uh, the others? Maybe third on my list. I kind of wonder if I hadn't played Souls 1 third, if where, you know, like where it would have gone. Um I, I, too far, I'm not too far, so I haven't fought all the bosses. Like, bosses are what get me. Like, I've played all of DS Dark Souls 3, and those are probably some of my favorite bosses in the Soulsborne franchise. Mm-hmm. But Bloodborne just has the aesthetic, man. It's my, it'll forever be my favorite until they do something else to up it. Yeah, and, you know, it's by the day, it seems that we're not going to be getting any kind of Bloodborne sequel, which you and I have discussed is, is probably okay. Yeah. Um, but... It's it's still you know I just played through Dark Souls one um, remaster myself. I did like a a total thorough playthrough. I didn't I killed every enemy, went to every nook and cranny, and uh, there was a lot of sort of I don't want to say backlash necessarily because From doesn't seem to get it as bad as other companies do. But the, the remaster is pretty much just a resolution slash uh, frame rate bump with some small particle changes and online changes inside of it uh, and so people were a little bit disappointed i think ultimately with you know what game they were offered to buy for is it twenty dollars that you got if you already owned the, the it's original? a twenty dollar upgrade yeah and then only and that's probably only on pc right yeah yeah but on console is only 40 bucks and uh i think it's good like on ps4 you can basically own every souls game outside of the the demon souls game which and, is, uh, and people really forget how bad Dark Souls was. I mean, I remember you tried to play it. Uh, Dark Souls was on the PS3 and Xbox 360. Yeah, I did try. 
Yeah, these things <laughs> were, you know, clunking around around at like 15 frames. Um and I I'm guessing 720p at best. So it's it's at nice best, to be able yeah. to play it in 4K and 60 FPS. Like that's not an undervalued thing for me. Uh, oh yeah, totally. When this is one I of my favorite games up and that thing looked phenomenally disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um so I, I think that's pretty much what I had played. Oh, no. I've actually been playing a lot this week. I've been playing so many different games this week. I've played... Uh, I'm, I'm going back in Kingdom Hearts. Um, Mama. So the, I had so much hype from Ooh. Kingdom Hearts 3 that I just decided to jump back in. I'm like five to six hours in Birth by Sleep, um, which Ooh. is a, the first in the chronology. Music to my ears. Um, I'm really excited to, to keep going with that. I... I played through almost all of unraveled 2 and i'm like nice. right at the end i just need to finish it it's good it's it's really pretty i i think this is just the the kind of game that needs to continue to exist um it's not overly challenging it's not really like i'm gonna remember the gameplay itself much at all um there's not a whole lot memorable going on but the the way the game looks and feels like when you're sitting in the chair and you're just playing it, it's you know it just takes you to a different place. Um, That's nice. Have you tried yeah. any of the, the multiplayer stuff? Like the no. Uh, so it has a co-op mode, um, but the co-op stuff you can do on your own. It reminds me oh, a nice. little bit of like uh, a Tale of Two Sons. So oh, okay. Um, in that you're kind of controlling each, except. That you can't do it simultaneously, so which makes it easier. Um, you essentially have two little yarnies, I think they're called. Or at least that's what it was in the first one. It was called Yarny. And yeah, uh, the little red ones, Yarny. Yeah, so I don't, I'm not sure what the blue one's name is. If it has a different, different name or not. <laughs> um, and so you, you just control one, and then you press Y or you know triangle if you're playing on PlayStation. Uh, to switch over to the other, and then you control that one. So I assume there there's like probably going to be some dissonance if you play with another person. Um, but for me, it functions really well. It's like a single player game. It's not cool. like ever can. Um, but yeah, just like a, just gorgeous, just gorgeous. Uh, so what else? I've been playing other stuff too. I, I've been going through, um, slowly on my Switch, I've been going through uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Uh, I want to play that Donkey Kong DLC that was announced um, at Ubisoft. I need to pick that game up. Yeah, it's good. It's like really good. Every time I play it, I'm like, man, this game didn't get enough credit. Like, <laughs> it's very good. It's, for me, like I've played a little XCOM and for me, it's like the preferable version of XCOM. So, um, I would definitely consider picking that up if you're into that style of game, like strategy. Uh, what else have I been playing? I've played a little Fortnite, but I'm I, I played mostly Fortnite on the Switch, and I wanted to talk a little bit about Fortnite on the Switch. Have either of you guys given it a run? No, no, because for reason. Yeah, well, I'm. I, we're about to get into. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, exactly. So why don't we just go ahead and dive into this story? Um, and we can we can talk a little bit about Fortnite on the Switch. Uh, this was one of the biggest stories that happened during E3, and we didn't really get much of a chance to cover it last week. Uh, Sony essentially blocked Switch users from linking their Epic accounts to their Nintendo Switch version of Fortnite. Now, this doesn't necessarily seem like a big deal on the surface. Uh, I don't think 
except when you consider the fact that Sony is the only one. Uh, now, the way that Fortnite works, as Marcos knows, is that your progress is very much attached to one specific like character or profile. I think profile is probably the better word because you can switch yeah. characters. Um, but everything, including your win count, the very important win count that everybody cares about, uh, you know, your your various uh, skins or costumes that you're that you that you have available, the challenges that you've done, uh, everything is attached to this profile. So when Marcos tries to play on the Switch, he gets entirely locked out from that account and cannot play because he has already played on Sony's uh, Fortnite. So yeah, it's. It, it's a very, very yeah. odd story, and as it's continued to collect more publicity, Sony somehow has remained all the more silent. Uh, now, th- this is, this is kind of juicy, because we, this has been a thing the entire console generation. It's not just it's this true. one. Um, Sony seems to be okay with you linking your stuff back and forth between PC and, and PlayStation 4, but when Microsoft and Nintendo get involved, they shut down. They just entirely shut down. And Rocket League was the first big one that I can remember. You can't play Rocket League on Xbox One if you want to play with somebody on PS4. Again, it's not that weird, except when you consider that the vice versa is always... Microsoft has been okay about people cross-playing. Now, the other weird thing here um, is that... And we just had this happen last night, didn't we, Marcos? We had oh yeah. <laughs> so so walk people through what 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 we tried to do yesterday because PlayStation Four and PC can play together. But what happened when we tried to play with a Switch user? Um, it just wouldn't let me go in. Yeah. So it, it, not only would it not <laughs> let you go in, but it'll let you go in if it's just me. And then as soon as yeah. the Switch user pops up, Sony's like, "Nah, you're not gonna have fun with this person." Yeah, uh, then he says like. Uh... I forget the way that they worded it, but it's like a, an improper console or something like that. Oh my <laughs> god! It's so elitist, doesn't it? It's like yeah, a, it's like a class bad. thing. This is improper. <laughs> yeah, like... I, remember, I remember I got the invite from you, and I was like, okay, and then like cannot join because somebody is on a piece of trash or some shit. Like it, it was not. It didn't look good, and I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this this is just it. Honestly. The the other thing about it too is that I think people are sort of treating Epic as an innocent bystander here, which they might be. But if you're somebody on the you know on the on PS4 and you've bought skins for your Epic account, it's really disheartening that those skins then don't carry over to your Switch. Uh, and this wasn't a big deal when it was just Microsoft, but obviously the Switch has a lot of shared user base with PS4. It's not so much with Microsoft and Sony, but a lot of people who play, you know, the PS4 at home on their televisions also play the Switch on the go. Uh so, you know, of course somebody who wants to play Fortnite on the Switch is could be the same person who wants to play Fortnite on on the PS4 as well. So this has just been a giant cluster of of misplays on on Sony's part, uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know if there's. They've been so silent on this, Marcos. Do you think there's any chance that they ever reverse their policy on? I hope, and I think, I think it's coming. I think the time is coming. You I think really it's hope going to be a result of this. But I think it will. All of this back. Yeah, because like it's the biggest game right now. Like, 
I don't see why they would accept so much of this bad publicity. I think they've it's already been shown off that they've already started losing stock the moment this thing, like, this news bit hit. Well, because so, Fortnite is bigger than games. I saw something, like, yeah. interesting. Uh, and I like Fortnite, but I, I don't altogether love the publicity that Fortnite gets as being, like, the game. But that's just kind of me, the elitist, like, single-player, you know, guy. <laughs> Um, and I, yeah. I love Fortnite. You guys know how much I play Fortnite. It's a, such a well-run game. Of any game to make it this high up, I'm really happy it was Fortnite because they do things mostly consumer-friendly. This has been the first big hiccup, and who knows how big of a role Epic is playing here. Um, probably zero, given that you know Microsoft. Yeah, I imagine it's not on them. I think they've said that they're. Gonna, I think the only thing is they should have probably warned people before they bought stuff that it couldn't make its way over. If you buy something on sure. on PS4, you need to be warned that that's not going to be able to go anywhere else. You know. Yeah, but like, like if they did this in order to like give Sony that big old like, hey, post up, then good on them because Sony really do, does need to post up on this. Well, I think, it's, uh, I think ridiculous. that's, a, that's a, a point to be made here, too, is that while I don't blame Epic, they could put their foot down and say, like, hey, like, get, get on board here. We're doing crossplay, whether you like it or not. And if you, if you don't want to do this, we'll ditch your platform. Because Fortnite is that big, I think, where if, if they wanted to, they can step in here and say, all oh, right. Man, one hell of an ultimatum. God, I, it would, and I don't see it happening. I don't expect Epic to do something like that, I especially because have, PS4 is their largest user happen. base. Is it? Yeah, it is. I would think PC. No, it's... Um, PC not, actually has the smallest, better. I think, already. What? I, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely positive, but I think before the Switch was announced, it was the smallest of the three. People always underestimate Damn. console gaming. It's Damn. Um, of course, now all the big streamers, all the competitive players play on. Yeah, I, I think I imagine because like all the competitive people are like on PC, so right. I think like I think when I people can play that. on PC, they tend to just because the game is so fitting for mouse and keyboard. But anyway, yeah. um, so that was a big thing. This just a quick take on this Dakota from an outsider's perspective. What do you what do you think? What are you thinking here? Sony's garbage. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That honestly, was that was, no, honestly, that was a little like fuck Sony for this. This is but terrible. it's super shitty. Like, and yes, it's not just yeah. like this is just this because I have seen it. I have seen twit people on Twitter talk about it. You know, I it's not the first time Sony's done something like this. And at this point, it's like okay, Sony, we get it. You're you're the best console herpeter, but uh, suck <laughs> it up and open up your platform to play with other people. Stop being a pussy bitch. Right. Okay, Discovery that got a little rough there. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy! At some point, I was just like, "It's at the, it's it's almost kind of childish because it's like we can't, you know, it's almost like the console wars nice, back man, in man. back when I was in high school. It's like, oh, you play on a a PlayStation. Right. I have an Xbox 360, and I don't talk to people that play on Playstations. Well, kind of thing, and it almost sense. feels like it still carries over from that, where it's like Sony doesn't want, you know." That's their competition. They don't want any part of anything from Microsoft or Nintendo. Um, and, and I, like, I, to them, that's still their competition. And they don't want cross-platform between the two. But it's like, you're being a big baby right now, Sony. Suck it up and quit being an asshole. 
Well, I, I will say one quick thing, um, just because I think in the issue of fairness and consideration, uh, no. the, the <laughs> last generation <laughs> when Microsoft was selling more consoles in the United States than Sony, and by all accounts, Microsoft was ahead, and I put that in air quotes because it's really impossible to say because Microsoft will never sell consoles as well in Japan, a big market. So, uh, Well, I know but, Microsoft didn't want to do, Sony asked. Yes. They're like, hey, maybe yes. we could do cross-platform, and Microsoft was like, no, no, no. suck it. Now, the now one Sony's thing... like, no, suck it. Yeah. <laughs> and so... it's like, just both of you stop. Quit being babies. Well, so I, I do want to say that in my my personal opinion here um, is that now that Microsoft has reversed their policy on this, and it's been that way for a lot of you know, a long time. I don't think the onus is on them. We can't in hindsight say, well, like, hey, you were wrong eight years ago when there were no games really considering crossplay in general. Um, I don't think, you know, like, listen, say what you want about Microsoft eight years ago, but if you look at their who's running that company, it's entirely different. Like, do you guys remember Don Matrick? I, I, you guys may not. That, that was like the yeah, I'm like. Days. Was, I, I was young. He was their CEO. <laughs> he was the same guy who would go up there. He was just dorky as all hell. He was the same guy who had the whole initiative with like always being online, like the Xbox always being online, um, and and all that. And he eventually left to go play. What was the farm simulator thing on Facebook? The company name. Um, oh, Zynga. Zynga, and he went to be the CEO at Zynga. Oh boy. Uh, it was kind of like a mutual breakup in a way. And of course, Zynga crashed not very long <laughs> after that. I don't even think Zynga still exists, which is so weird to think about. I, I but, think it does. Yeah, it probably does. They make mobile games. So anyway, you know, this this is a Microsoft run enti by entirely different people here. Um, one of which is Phil Spencer, who has said several times that this is something that's really frustrating to him. So... You know, while it is important to acknowledge that, hey, yes, Microsoft has also done this, the current point of blame has to be Sony here. And I'm glad that gamers are focusing their energy. It's not, a, it, you know, it isn't a console war thing. It's just, this is the kind of thing that gamers should be able to expect at this point, is a cross-play environment where you can play with your friends and it doesn't matter if you... You shouldn't have to fork up an additional $500 to be able to play with your friends. It's just ridiculous. Um, so now that we're past that move story, that, that news story, um, I did want to talk about something a little more positive, or at least I think it's positive. Um, I live for negativity. <laughs> oh boy. So Microsoft announced subtly, as we mentioned last week on, in their press conference that they, uh, they, they were working on a next console. I, I think they even said that they were like deep into development. I, I want to say they used that word, that, that uh, that phrasing that they were deep into development for their next console. Um, and since last week when we recorded, some rumors have popped up, including uh, a code name, um, which if you guys had to guess what the code name would be for a next-gen Xbox, what, what would you guess? Um, it's in front of us. Oh, yeah. you have it. You have it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, well, I wouldn't guess what the name that it is. Right. Okay, so th I, that's more or less what I was getting to. The, the code name is Scarlet. So... I think the weird thing for me is that I always associate Microsoft with like the next, like the the neon green kind of. Color. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, they're not red. Nintendo's no, red. No, you're right. So it's interesting. Um, and Sony's blue, Nintendo's red, Xbox is green. Right. 
So yeah. one of one of the things that I I just was thinking about here is every code name in in you know gaming's past, like whether it be the dolphin for the GameCube, I think that's probably the most famous one. Um then there was the or was Dolphin Wii? Dolphin was GameCube because of the right. emulator. The emulator, right? Um, and so I think the revolution was the was the Wii. Um, yeah. And then you said like the here. Wii U was like Cafe something. Yes. Oh, what was that? Cafe Joy or Cafe Project Cafe or something? I think it was Project Cafe. Uh, so I know it had Cafe in it. So I was I I said sat here thinking for way too long like what is the significance of it being called scarlet and then i thought back to all the other <laughs> code names they never mean anything so even though it's kind of no. neat that it has a code name uh probably can't take a whole lot from from this um scarlet. but i did i did want to ask you guys just a pretty simple question so now that microsoft has announced this do you think they will be the first of the three to release a next Gen console between Nintendo and Sony. So, like, would an updated Switch count as a next gen console? Well, I was thinking that no. no. Let's say no. Um, Damn. So, it, with that being kept in mind, the only reason I say no is because does that next gen Switch play different games, or is it still along the same lines of like the Xbox One S slash X or PS4 Pro? I was thinking how uh, the 3DS and the new 3DS happen, where the only the new 3DS can play certain games. Okay, so let's in, let's. That sounds like that. a very Nintendo thing to do. Yeah, well, I mean, they with... did it five years ago. They did. They lived yeah. right. That, the I new... think that counts. So, I think they would do that. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine them doing it again. So the rumor um, date on the Microsoft console was around 2020, I think. Uh, well, but... Two years. Yeah, so two to three years, I think, is kind of the probably the idea here. Uh, I could see, I could see Nintendo releasing some form of like. I really want them to call it the Super Switch. I just think that would be such That'd be a, a cool game. idea. Super um, Switch, but it's more likely it'll be like Switch XL or Switch Super Mini Switch or Two something. Turbo, an extra know. big Switch. Yeah, <laughs> an extra big. Honestly, I want my Switch to have a bigger screen. I was playing. I brought it down this week. Uh, I was going to sign a lease on apartment in a different city, so I was I brought down my Switch with me, and uh, I was trying to play Fortnite, and I realized that I just I the, my eyes, it's tough. Uh, <laughs> it, it really with games like Fortnite, other games it's fine. Like I'll play Celeste on it, and it's perfect. But so anyway, um, you know, what about Sony? I, I think, think they said that it'd be like five years from now before the next did. one. Yeah, they said just so recently. I would imagine that kind of like bad if, timing for them. Huh? Yeah, if Nintendo were to not do their whole 3DS X or new 3DS XL bullshit thing again, that I'd see Microsoft being the first one on that right. uh, market. <laughs> and uh, damn, that'd be. That'd be a three-year gap if it is indeed in 2020. Which we can probably agree isn't going to happen, right? There's no way yeah. Sony keeps selling PS4s when Microsoft is two to three years into their next generation. That would They're create such a me. weird crater for games, I feel like. They're going to ruin me. Um, yeah, especially because Sony and Microsoft always release consoles like 
the same time. exact time, more or less, to kind of keep in competition with each other, I always assumed it was. It's Nintendo's be, yeah. always a little bit out of the loop, because Nintendo's always doing the cool new thing. Well, they're so first-party centric. Nintendo's up one. Nintendo's always, like, yeah. Are they up they're one like or up are they down one? one? I kind they're of think of one. Switch being this generation. I, I, I think it's weird, man, because, like, the PS3, Xbox 360, Wii. Like, that was, that was the block back in the, that day. And then the Wii U happened. Yeah, you're right. So technically, they're was, one ahead. Yeah, that's, that's the way I see it. But uh, Yeah, I would agree with Marcos on that one. Interesting. I always see them as being ahead, especially because like, once their console comes out, everyone's always trying to copy it in their next console. Well, okay, if that so, makes sense? Yes, it totally makes sense. And I actually, this was a point that I wanted to make, is that part of this rumor is that this is going to be, and I quote, family of consoles. Um, so the idea that it won't just be one console, it'll be several, uh, which makes Aww. sense given that Microsoft had the Xbox One, they had the Xbox One X, they had the Xbox One S in between those two. Um, and I think nice. one of the, the most popular rumor going around is that they'll have some form of tablet uh, similar to the Switch as, as one of the, um, one of the options. Sure. Well, not even a peripheral, as the console. Um, so like, so like the Switch, you would be able to pick it up, or you know, say a Vita or something. Um, you'd Has be able Microsoft to... a new tablet? Do they have tablets? They do have the Surface. They have uh, the Microsoft Surface Pro, and you know, thanks. and that sells pretty well, I think. Um, yeah, the Surface is a pretty popular computer. Yeah. So laptop, and I could totally see that being sort of a thing for Microsoft as they continue to integrate. The Microsoft platform with Xbox, which they've done a really nice job of. Well, I shouldn't say nice. They've really started to do it the last couple of years, um, bringing all their games to PC and Windows 10. So I, I don't know. Is there any? Do you guys have a hypothesis on what this next console will look like? Um, do you think it will be several that will have like an option to have a normal console and then maybe like a on-the-go one that's maybe less powerful or something? What what are we thinking these next set of consoles are going to be like? What if it's a TV? Whoa. A explain. smart TV is the console? Yeah. Okay, so just a large... So basically a Switch, except not mobile and... Except <laughs> no, it's the whole damn TV. Mobile. Yeah, it's like, the whole damn TV. Like, it could be mobile too. Like, the tablet would, all, would be the mobile part, I guess. Like... Wait. But, like, the main console would be the TV. Okay. That's kind of interesting. I, I kind of like it, but I, I'm kind of confused. And there'd be like different models. You know, like the, the S, the vanilla, the X. It's be 30 inch, 50 inch, 70 inch. Like, yeah. I can see this. You know? <laughs> Hire me, does Microsoft. Microsoft. Does Microsoft own TVs? Because I know there's they a don't. Sony TV. They don't. Sony is so like they could. You know so what? It'd be another way for them to get stuck that. in their Sony S. Well, I, I can imagine a... Sony, Take Sony, that has a thing. <laughs> Sony has a big thing. They had a big thing last gen when they were losing money on the PS3 that they basically their theory, and it seems to be supported, especially at this point, was that even though they were losing money on the PS3, they were still selling HD TVs because people literally didn't care about HD outside of video games. A lot of the same people who were buying PS3s were also buying Sony televisions. Um, 
And that has been substantiated at this point as more people buy Sony products related to their PS4. Um, so it it is. Doesn't Sony make washing machines too? Oh, I'm sure they make like everything. Because weren't they blowing up at some point? Wasn't that a thing? Oh, people's sure. washing machines were blowing up, and it was a Sony washing machine. Or was it Samsung? I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm off track now. I'm Samsung. thinking about washing machines. Regardless, they make cameras. I think we can all probably agree, not necessarily on what this console will look like, because God knows. I think it's going to have some sort of Switch iteration. The Switch is you far know, too I popular to ignore. You know, I think I'm the closest one being right. I think they're going to hear this podcast and fucking blacksmith that shit. I just think TVs are clunky and weird, and it's like, I don't know. Not, 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 you know, but it totally makes sense, though, where you could just, you don't even have to get a separate piece of equipment to play your games on. It's especially with smart TVs already. Like, you know, you just hit your little remote. It's got your Netflix on it. It's got your YouTube, your Hulu, and whatever you need. And the Xbox One already has, like, cable plug-in inputs and outputs. Shit. Yeah, but like, I, I, I still feel like that's kind of a byproduct of that weird whole, like, let's have this. Well, maybe. It, they got. I mean, so I'm not saying it's a good or bad idea, but like, I kinda, I'm kind of into it. I think it's real. I think I'm onto the something. <laughs> Okay. I think I, realis- I, I think it's going to be something similar to the Switch because they're riding the Switch's coattails real hard. Microsoft I think so is. too, I, but there's probably a middle ground here. Uh, I do love that TV idea. I think that's kind of fun. I just it's, it's a little is, wild and fun. TVs you can't take with you. you can't no, take but it's you fun. With, like, no, that's the home console part of it. It's a family, yeah. Ben. What's wrong with you? Okay. Yeah, you could, right. that's that's what brings the family together that's, is the TV. That's the grandpa. He stays right there. Well, I think that the <laughs> most interesting part of what Marcos is saying here, and I just we've spent enough time on this, but I, I do want to mention that Ubisoft, for whatever reason, I, I can't imagine they had a a good reason in saying this right now. Um they basically said that this upcoming console generation, the one that we were Microsoft announced, would probably be the last one. Now, as somebody who enjoys physical hardware, this was kind of disappointing. Um, so I looked a little more into it and saw, like, is this something that could really happen? And apparently Ubisoft, as well as EA and Microsoft, all three of them are experimenting with different streaming structures that would essentially take a super uber-powerful CPU for PC, uh, play the game, and then stream it to your monitor. So arguably, you could be playing the game on the most powerful PC ever built, and it would just stream directly to your to your monitor slash TV, whatever. Which almost makes more sense when you... that The Marcos theory that it's, you know, a TV, it would make sense if it was like a stream... Like, if you could literally get a stream directly to that television, Right. That's scary. That it is a little scary. So I I thought I about like this, it. and just from what I read, this seems to be at least like ten to fifteen years off. Uh, imagine trying to play Fortnite where the game is being streamed. Like, have you guys used PS Now? Either of you? No, it's I've heard too many. Terrible. Yeah, yeah it's or... terrible. That's the current like standard for streaming games to your monitor, um, and that's what Sony uses. So it, it's just I can't wrap my head around playing something like Fortnite and streaming that to my computer and hoping that I get the same advantage that somebody has with hard, you know, hardware in front of them. Um, but then again, I was the same person who five, ten years ago was saying, I don't want to stream my movies. I want them to be on disc. But now it's like they look pretty much the same to me. Not quite, but pretty much. 
My so, problem is that you wouldn't really own the games at that point, right? No, it would probably be more Netflixy. Like, I want my my CD of Kingdom Hearts six at that point, man. Like, I need that. I just wonder <laughs> if that's not part of a dying breed. I'm with you. Nah. Right. I feel like be, I mean, as long as software exists, people will burn that shit onto a disc. I don't yeah. care. I have to go to the Fuga and get like a fucking like a screen wrap on that. And have a little fucking CGI Sora. Like, I'll get my disc. Okay. Put a little clip art six on that. I feel like discs will never truly die because I mean, no one buys DVDs anymore. But Walmart, Target, tons of places still sell DVDs. They have whole sections for DVDs because sure. um, there's still people out there that like to have that hard copy. They like to have that for like nostalgia or whatever. It's their favorite movie. Who knows? You like the stuff. You like like you I like software. Like. But I feel like for games, it's uh, something similar. You know, where it's like. Man, this is my favorite game. I want a hard copy of this. Plus, I mean, how many games? I, I mean, I personally don't ever download games um, from like the. I don't buy the games online and download them. I always rather prefer to get a hard copy because I like. I don't know. I like having the hard copy. It's fun to collect but it's like, things. For sure, like I, I like to be able to look over at my shelf and see the games that I have there. Um, I think for gamers, that'll always be like a big things it's like that's kind of like the I, I don't know i feel like for people that play video games it's like you always like think of a hardcore gamer as someone with like shelves lined with video games and it's like when you see these like people with like these massive quote-unquote gaming rooms they have you know every sing- they have an n64 and all like tons and tons of like classic original n64 games and gamecube and xbox and xbox 360 and the ps1 and they have all these like classic consoles with all of the games and, you know, tons of memorabilia from those consoles. So I feel like that'll always kind of be a thing, regardless or not, well, you it know, might be a come out of fashion. Generation, but, like, keep in mind that most of, I shouldn't say most, but a good chunk of gamers at this point are under 15 years old, right? People who play Fortnite, people who play, uh, you Heck. know, the local Dead nine-year-olds or PUBG or whatever it's like these are you know these are people who are growing up not even understanding that you need to have a disc or would ever need a disc to play something so they don't have that attachment uh in the same way that we do so i i don't know that there's always going to be the the potential to buy something on a disc I do think that the idea of streaming isn't inherently bad um but i there's something about the loss of like ownership that i would i would miss just like marcos you know alluded to it's like i like owning my stuff i like being able to say okay this is my game and you can't take it away from me like netflix when it's like it's like netflix when they take off your favorite movie or tv series from their streaming service it's like no when tangled left netflix and i was like oh mine broke when x files left i was like no what am i supposed to watch now and i I, I still don't know what's going on. and Bones? <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, you know what? This is a news story. Is there an X-Files video game? I wasn't... I don't think so, but... That'd I be will, fun. I no, will there tell is, you... There really is. There what? is. So, just to add There's to this whole... There's an X-Files game. Uh, to add to this whole discussion, Netflix <laughs> has actually started... Not yet, but they're going to soon be releasing video games on their platform available to stream. What? Oh, um, like a yeah. Gamefly-esque thing, except uh, what? 
game flies a little behind the market. A little behind the market. Uh, the first game that there is, is Telltale's Minecraft story mode or whatever Ew. it's called. Perfect. Um, so Amazing. They're, they're already experimenting with the whole streaming your game stuff. <laughs> uh, so I really think I think we're about to hit the ground running on people trying to do that. It's going to be a lot like, I don't want to say like motion controls or... I. I just think it's going to be a lot of people trying to get to it first because as soon as somebody achieves the perfect streaming platform for games, it's going to blast off, whether we like it or not. Yeah, um, and then no one's going to be able to keep up. It's going to be hard to keep up. So it's one of those things where everybody's trying to prepare themselves for that moment. Um, I don't necessarily it's like blame the space them. race of video games. Space race of video games, oh, but. Boy. All right, so there was a couple other things that I wanted to just briefly touch on this week. Uh, Miyazaki announces, or announced, moreover, it wasn't even an announcement so much as just in passing conversation, <laughs> uh, that they were taking a little break from the Dark Souls franchise, which we all knew, uh, but that they planned on bringing it back at some point. Oof. So this is exciting for a couple of reasons. One, um, so obviously we saw Shadows die twice. Um, is it Sekiro? I, I want to make Sekiro. Sekiro? Uh, Shadows Die Twice. Um, that's From's new game. And uh, we we have seen that, and they've actually said that this is not supposed to be a Souls-like game, which is fine. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be um, super dissimilar from just from the trailer from Bloodborne and, and Souls, but it, doesn't, it seems to be more action-adventure rather than any kind of RPG. Um, and it seems to sort of quell the rumors that they were moving away from that kind of thing. Uh, Miyazaki said that they planned on bringing the Souls franchise back at some point. So I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, just because if From is doing this, I don't think people realize how big From is getting. Like, From is nearing Bethesda levels of, of large at this point. Um, and, you know, I, I think that if From is is saying things like, oh, we're going to bring back that IP that we said we were done with, I think we're gone. The, gone are the days where where these big franchises that sell super well are just left in the dust and never heard from again. I, I think this is... If if From and Miyazaki are planning on bringing Souls back, then there's pretty much no franchise that I can see that's alive right now that won't see a sequel at some point. Or we could ever say is like... You know, especially like Rage 2. Like, did you guys think we'd ever get Rage 2? Nope. I predicted it, and I didn't think we'd get Rage 2. Like, I, it's just a weird... It was a hot take for a reason. It was a hot take for a reason. And it's just one of those things where... I think we're we're seriously past the point uh, where we can ever safely say that this franchise is dead. Um, so, what you're saying is Banjo-Kazooie confirmed. Yeah, no, I, I... Do you guys... Like, honestly, if you were to make a bet right now with somebody for a million dollars, and... They were to say, okay, is Banjo ever going to have another game? Would you say yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say yeah. It's, it's gonna. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that was announced last week, and we kind of already went over it, but I did want to just touch on it to for some clarity. Microsoft announced the acquisition of five studios during their press conference last week. Undead Labs, uh, who makes the... Um, oh, goodness. Um, they just put out a game, uh, State of Decay, State of Decay series. Uh, they bought Compulsion Games, which does We Happy Few. Have you guys seen any of We Happy Few? Yeah, yeah that, that was um, 
I, I used to watch a bunch of it when it was like still in super, yeah. super early beta, like how many years ago? Forever, I though, it feels like at this ago. point. Yeah, two years ago, which is just really weird. So I think so many people saw the trailer for that and they were like, oh, look, this looks like the next kind of Bioshock experience. Which is um, weird because I'm like, man, this game has been around forever. It has well, been. What, only, what have you guys been missing out on? Only early access, so like multiplayer stuff. Um, yeah. And apparently they're working on a single player mode, but it's important to note that this We Happy Few is still coming to various consoles. It's just after this game, Microsoft owns their IPs. Um, so I'm guessing we've probably seen, uh, uh, you know, I, I think Marcos said his power went out. Can you still hear us, Marcos? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. I can hear you. I okay. did hear like a little rumble on your end, but like it. Yeah, that was probably everything crashing. Okay, um, but I, I can hear you. So, uh, Playground Games, which does the uh, Forza Horizon series, and this is sort of a weird announcement because they were like, not only did we buy Playground Games, but they're expand, they're doubling the size of their studio, and they're working on a game that we can't talk about yet, which is definitely, definitely Fable. Um, mark that down as an epilogue games. Um, I, not even it's it's beyond hot take. I am positive that game that they're working on is Fable. And then Ninja Theory, which was the big one. Um, Ninja Theory has worked on a lot of obscure, well-reviewed uh, games that don't sell super well. And then they they did uh, Senwa, the um, Hellblade. Yeah, Senwa Sacrifice. Uh, and that sold a, a ton of copies um, related to how much uh, the game cost to make. So that was the big one, especially because Ninja Theory has always been kind of bounced back and forth between various publishers. Um, and then they created their own Santa Monica studio, which is obviously an attempt to compete with Sony Santa Monica. Um, there's just a lot of talent in that area for, of California um, in terms of game development. So it makes sense that they'd want to station somebody there. Anyway, I just the only reason I bring that up is because Microsoft is clearly working on a ton of games, um, and we probably won't see any of them until you know from these companies until the next gen Xbox. But I did want to say, like, you know, Microsoft is known at this point for its first-person shooters, its third-person shooters, um, but we haven't seen like a big groundbreaking rpg or action adventure from them in a really long time i mean even if you count fable uh that's been almost a decade so what kind of game dakota would you like to see from from microsoft um whether it be from one of these companies or or something else what's like the next thing for them hmm. honestly uh does it have to be like new original no, it can it, you can break. I, I really okay then. I really want a Fable game. I mean, I never grew up playing Fable because I didn't have an Xbox. You should play Fable. You would love. I that really yeah. want to yeah. play Fable. Like I, I want to so badly, and I feel like at this point it's like, man, I missed my opportunity. It's out the no, window. It's been gone. It's been it, gone it, for it ages years. Well. It ages well. Now I'm like, I will say, one. especially because it's like a weird crossover between RPG, which is one of your favorite. Uh, and casual, genres. right? It, it, casual and yeah, like that Sims sort of like yeah. Take your player. And that's what I get married. Go buy a house. Go build a house. Go work a job. Whatever. Like that's when like I, it's all joke about like my taste haven't changed since I was like ten. Literally, I love 
casual, <laughs> simple games. Right. I, I've loved Harvest Moon since I was... So I, I had it on the GameCube. Uh-huh. Harvest Moon and Animal Crossing were, like, my favorite games growing up when I was a little baby. So, like, my tastes in games haven't changed. And I... I don't know. I just want to play Fable so bad. Just go play it. Just I want to get in on that. I will buy I you Fable on Anniversary. That I'm going to buy you Fable Anniversary. That's it. And you're going to play it. It's so good. How dare. No, Secret of Mana has been a, a thing. You know what? Whatever. Go on. <laughs> Wait, see? <laughs> Cinco de what? <laughs> Secret of no, Mana. No, no, no. There's a, go okay, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing going around right now. They... There's a, a a podcast that is specific to the Epilogue Gaming Discord, if you haven't heard of it, Epilogue Gaming uh, After Dark. And Marcos helps run that podcast, and they have this whole thing about getting people to send me messages to buy him Secret of Mana. And so I've been getting <laughs> lots of like stray emails talking about um, buying Marcos that game. So, I don't know. I guess every time I'm like, hey, Dakota, I'll buy you Fable. He's like, but you won't buy me Secret <laughs> yeah. of Oh, I remember this from last week. But too. also, have you gotten any emails about getting me Dark Souls for the Switch? Uh, I haven't checked the Epilogue Gaming email account in a few days. So. Okay, well, listeners, tell them to get me Dark Souls for the Switch if we're sending Ben fun emails about buying us stuff. <laughs> um, so, I think that's going to do it for our new segment. Uh, so, we'll take a little break. Just real quickly, and we'll, when we come back, we'll talk about our, our favorite games shown at E3, because we didn't really talk about the games specifically last week. Um, and we'll talk about what we, what we missed the most from, from E3, uh, what, what didn't show up. And, of course, we'll round things out with a little trivia segment, and then we'll head on out. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in just a few. This episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do for as little as $1 a month and receive special rewards, like listening to the Epilogue Podcast a day early. A special shout out to our Platinum and Midnight Tier members, including Matt Buchanan, Finks the Dragon Slayer, Disney Lover for Life, Melody Jameson, and Jackson. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking about E3, just kind of our final wrap-up session of of what happened last week um we didn't get a chance to talk about the specific game announcements mostly because there's just so many of them um so i i did kind of want to break down our our five favorites a piece and if they you know collide with each other a bit that's probably to be understood i'm sure we will although we all have i think one of the great things about this podcast is that we we tend to have pretty different tastes in games um so let's just go ahead and break things down right now uh with our our top five games that were were shown and it doesn't need to be in a particular order but you can say this was my favorite if you want um marcos at, not necessarily announced but just shown at e3 like what what game did you see in a trailer that you were just super juiced about at e3 oh my favorite was delman Cry 5 it got me good so this one's this one's really interesting. Devil May Cry was announced at Microsoft's press conference. Um, a lot of Capcom stuff, I feel like, was announced at at Microsoft's and Sony's press conference. Uh, what Sony? Yeah, they also did uh, Resident Evil Two at Sony. Yeah, Sony had Resident Evil Two. Right. So they kind of split split things up here, and I'm assuming Devil May Cry will be on all platforms. It's always hard to tell, but I'm I'm yeah, it's on all platforms outside Um, of Switch, of course. (laughs) That's always the asterisk. Poor Switch. Yeah. Um, Although they've been better than the Wii U, still not perfect. But uh, so 
Devil May Cry was announced, and this is a little weird because if you're like me and you haven't played Devil May Cry, it's a little tough to follow. They did four Devil May Cry games, and then they did a Devil May Cry game, uh, which was yeah. not numbered. And It then, was by Ninja Theory. It was by Ninja Theory, who we were just talking about. And then they, you know, hardcore fans of the franchise were like, hey, we really want a follow-up to Devil May Cry 4. Are we ever going to get one? And I don't think there's ever been an example of a game that ditches its number system, goes back to like an entirely new storyline, and then goes back to the old storyline. For, yeah, for that's what game. happens when uh, Capcom outsources for the new game. Oh, boy. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. DMC was a fine game. Just didn't have Dante. Well, so just what is the significance of, of Dante uh, for those who don't follow the franchise. Um, what, what is it he's, about his character? He's the greatest. <laughs> he is the greatest character. He's my favorite protagonist. Easy. Probably. Like, yeah. I think we've talked about him on, like during that episode we had about protagonists. Right. Um, he's the greatest. So, well, what is, his what is it? That he does. He's so extra. He is gorgeous. So and now he's all dad bod style. Like, he's great. So he's the guy who's like riding in on the motorcycle at the end. Yeah, he it looks a little freaky to me. Not gorgeous, freaky. Because he he got he got, that was the thing. Like he's old now. Like this thing is further down in the story. Okay. Apparently. Um, so yeah, this was a, an announcement that excited a lot of people. I just I I feel bad for Devil May Cry because I don't think it's a franchise that's gonna pick up any new fans for five. Like I think that's gonna be a tough sell. To go back no, and I say, think like, hey, it'll like, be go play just our... fine. Well, yeah. Well, let's hope so. All of Capcom's games. Seven million copies. Well. Seven million. No way. Yeah. No way. Seven million. Easy. I don't buy it. Um, I think that's I around it. what Resident Evil 7 sold. I don't. Everyone will buy it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dakota, Capcom what was... is reaching God tier status again. Man, it's 2006 all over again. <laughs> Dakota, what uh, what game did you see that you liked the most at E3? I have a pretty long list. Um, oh well, you said you said five, right? It doesn't have to be. I have in any six. Order. Yeah, um, go ahead and shoot okay. us with one. Not in any order. It doesn't have to be. In order. I guess it wasn't really a game shown, but I gotta throw out Elder Scrolls Six, right? Yeah, like, sure, that's fine. No one's not super hyped for seeing that they're that they're at least working on it and acknowledge that hey, we're doing this right now. Yeah. Uh, even if you got to wait five years for it, I'm oh, like, yes, uh, yeah. okay. Thank I, you, Todd. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. So I just wanted to like break this down because this probably would have also been on my list. Um, I just didn't want to... I, I, I went back and forth about choosing a game that didn't really have anything to show for it, but I did, for me, like this on the... In terms of like just overall hype, uh, this, this was pretty high up for me. But Elder Scrolls Six is going to come after Starfield... And is going to come after Fallout 76, which is being published soon. So Starfield, we got to imagine, is probably what? How, two, three years out? Um, Four. I know, believe they said next-gen for Starfield. I'm like 90% sure they said next-gen for Starfield. I don't uh, remember. I know for sure Elder Scrolls is obviously next-gen. Yes. Because they said that with this current generation, it's just the level of AI that they want just isn't possible. Right, and I'm pretty, so that is for I'm sure, next sure Starfield, maybe Starfield will be one of those like cross-platform where it'll like release at the end of the, the generation and then get another version of it 
at the beginning yeah. of the generation, all of like GTA Five or something, and Skyrim, and literally every other game. Destiny One. Um, Destiny One. God, Destiny One was a really weird one. Like half my friends were playing on 360 when <laughs> when that thing came out. Um, so yeah, I I this one's a long ways off, but totally agree. This was oof, I was very excited about this. It, people, I've seen a lot of like snuffy people who are like oh elder scrolls 6 like they didn't even show any gameplay it's like they don't realize when you're an elder scrolls fan like we had no idea this game was actually something that was going to happen in any foreseeable future um it's not as predictable as everybody thinks because we've now gone seven years since skyrim was released right yeah and how how big of a gap was between skyrim and oblivion Oblivion, yeah at least five i think (laughs) Four or five and years, then Oblivion so and Morrowind, it's huge. Yeah, so you just never, you can't take it for granted. I mean, you guys are fans of franchises that haven't come back in a long time. Yeah, um, 13 years, seven months, yeah. Yeah. Rip, <laughs> um, Rip Animal Crossing. Yeah, Rip so, Harvest Moon. Well, at least you got a mobile game. Although, nope, I, not I'm sure Command and Conquer fans would take, take issue with me saying that. So, um, you know, Rip you just can't soon. take for granted these kinds of things anymore. Games are... They're getting to the point where they take longer to make. So, uh, franchises are going to start slowing down. And then if a developer doesn't take like their time making a game, the fan gets pissy because yeah, it's, it's like not a, co- as good yes. as it could be. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's a lose-lose because people get mad if it takes 10 years. I shouldn't say 10 years because that's obscene. Well, People get mad if it takes five years. <laughs> that's why I said that's obscene. Yeah. People get mad if it takes you know five years to make a quality game. Uh, but they also don't want a rushed game that's not as good as it could be. Well, I think games like Skyrim, you know, it's not for everybody, but for Dakota and I, Skyrim is something that we were able to play not once, but twice and a third time. So it's like, we're okay. And a fifth time and a sixth time and over and over again, exactly the same way every single time, but I still love it. (laughs) Just take, you know, these, I'm okay with them taking their time. Take 10 years if you need to. This is a game I want to play more than once. It's a game I want to remember. I want it... To be in my top 25, my top 50, whatever. What, if it... what? What? Did you say what if it's what? What if it tanks? What if it tanks? Uh, it Has an Elder Scrolls game ever no. tanked? No. It could get bad reviews and it still wouldn't tank. Like, there's no... Hardcore fans that... would still love it. And But this is getting to that that near rock um, rock star status where they just won't put out a bad game. They'll delay it until it's good, you know? I feel like Fallout's kind of a different story. It's like, I don't, I don't know why. Because, I mean, Fallout 4 wasn't good, right? Well, I've Fallout never 4 still has game, like a but... 90 on Metacritic. It's really weird oh. when you consider what is good and not good. Like, is Fallout 4 considered a tank? By no real I don't know. Measure. I always hear you guys talk about how bad it is. So I'm like, it wasn't my favorite. Wasn't my favorite. Wasn't my favorite. But I, I think that's the only level that an Elder Scrolls game could be on. It's like, okay, well, it's just not as good as the other ones. So Fair. yeah, I, you know, I, tank I think is probably out of the question. Could it be not? Could it not live up to our expectations? Sure. Kingdom Hearts 3 might not live up to our expectations. Nonsense. Have you seen those trailers? I have. So let me just go ahead and kick things off with my game of the show, Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, I just, I, I think everything they've showed about this game, it's like, it, it, it so well embodies everything that I've played from Kingdom Hearts. Um, and then it still, I feel like this is maybe the most gorgeous looking game I've seen. Of course, I really appreciate the Pixar 
style of um, you know graphic design. So for me, this this is just a game that checks all boxes. I've only played one Kingdom Hearts one and two, which I know for a lot of people will make it. You know, that's that's just a casual fan. I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to change that by going by and playing all the others. But there's no doubt in my mind that when I when I saw that game, it is everything that I wanted from a Kingdom Hearts uh, trailer. And you know, we got several trailers, and they were all <laughs> they were all fantastic. I I love seeing Sora look like he's part of the um, Pirates of the Caribbean universe. You know, I played through two, and he looked weird and dopey. Um, but this time around, it was just like, yeah, that clicks. This is. That, you know, we joke about how long Kingdom Hearts takes, but I think this was, it needed this amount of time to look how we want. This is probably the last Kingdom Hearts, you know, it won't be the last Kingdom Hearts game we get, but the last in this this series um, of... I mean, know, yeah, the more already said that this is the last in the Xehanort trilogy. Right. So, it, you know, we're, they wanted to make, this is the king, this is their last chance at getting Sora to be, to look like this, you know? And it, it, they, they needed it to look like this because otherwise we never would have known what a Kingdom Hearts franchise could have been. Um, you know, even when we go back to 2 and 1, as fun as those games are, it's like there's still some really eye-popping sores there um, that are hard to ignore. Now we dare you. we get to immerse ourselves in the Disney Kingdom and uh, Final Fantasy experience the way that we should have been able to, the way that we should be able to as fans. I think... I think if you okay. just if you release this game on the PS3, we're not getting its full potential. So right. I mean, if you release it on the PS2, at that point, um, yeah, sure, yeah. Um, Bring it. I'm ready. Six months. Let's yeah. go. So Marcos, tell us about your next game. If if I say one that you guys have already had on your list, just go ahead and skip to the next one. Um, we can talk a little bit about you know what other stuff you like because I know Kingdom Hearts three would be on your list. <laughs> it was on my list. Yeah. And you took but that from him. I took it from him. <laughs> it's okay. It wasn't. It was probably one of my last ones because it wasn't like the big popper. Right. It was just it like was there. I've known. Like I've known about. Everyone knows that you would have had Kingdom Hearts on your list, though. Everyone knows you're a big but, uh, fan. Now the next reveal was Super Mario Party. That thing got me going. Yeah. So you you really defended this last week as being like, yeah, wow, it this got is. Me happy. This, it yeah, put a big well, old smile on my face. It should. The only downside, so we've learned since that it has an online component, but not the traditional board game. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be. You're not going to be able to play with your friends online in the actual board game mode. It's just mini games you can play with your friends, which is really disheartening. But oh, all the Nintendo. same, it still Fine. looks like a return to form. I accept. It's a, most of my game. Most of my time playing that game will be local. So, yeah, I guess. yeah. I, I'm sure I'm the same way. I don't know. That online functionality makes a whole lot of sense for Mario Party anyway when you're considering that these games take like an hour or two. Um, of course, you know, we have a community that would sit through that. I don't know how many people do. Um, I mean, I play Destiny. I do raids on Destiny with people, and those things take up to three hours sometimes. True. Yeah, so. fair. I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving online uh, gamers enough credit, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this one looks really good. It, the biggest thing is that it, it, it is sort of a sign that Nintendo's listening again because we've gone so long with so many different Nintendo franchises that have not been what we wanted them to be. So to see Super Mario Party be the Mario Party game that we were all asking for is good. 
Like that's a that's a good sign beyond all else. Uh, Dakota, what what's next for you? Ba -ba -da -ba, Starfield. Starfield. I'm just gonna get the big <laughs> ones out of the way that are, that aren't even really games yet. There's no gameplay or nothing, but sure. I'm real hyped for them. Yeah. Um. And there's not much else to say about Starfield. We don't know a whole lot about it. The teaser was really good. Like I, as far as teasers go, I've, I've gone back and watched it like three or four times. Um, well, that was a full minute of your time, huh? All right, I'm gonna ignore that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, it's really. It's really good. I think the teaser is actually close to a minute. Uh, it really. It, it's longer than you'd think. Um, uh huh. I bet so, that's what you say all your time, man. You know what? I, let's go ahead and fact check this now. Let, let's see how long the Starfield trailer is. Let's let's see. I'm gonna. I think come I'm, to find out, it's only fifty three seconds, seconds long. One Ooh. minute and nine seconds. Yeah. So, um, you know, longer than you would think, but <laughs> it's an actual like thing. It's not like the Elder Scrolls Six title card. No, it's not. It, this was like, okay, you're gonna get an idea here for what our game is. Obviously, it's space themed. Um, yeah, there's so much about this game that gets me excited. One, um, that the idea of a Bethesda RPG out in space, like, just is so. Oh yeah so appealing to me uh you know being able to maybe travel between different planets and fucking like, aliens yeah oh yeah aliens. aliens yes yes the different aliens imagine what kind of races you can play oh, as this is of course you're gonna have humans some, yeah but then, yeah but like the aliens i hope you can play as some kind of robot oh you're for Android sure gonna be able to play too. as a robot oh, you're for sure is that'd yeah. be so cool no you definitely are that's that book it you're gonna be able to play as an alien. Yes, Codsworth. You'll be able to play as Codsworth. That would be confirmation <laughs> that it does exist in the Fallout universe, which has been long, oh uh, long theorized. I think they purposefully moved away from that, though, right? It did. There was no Fallout connection in the trailer. No. I mean, there always could be, right? Like after the giant nuclear Fallout, I, people. I like mean, to who's to say Skyrim doesn't take place in the same universe like... as Fallout? Yeah. Years before. Uh, or years after. Or Many years years. after. Well, they're de definitely know. different planets. They're different planets. So I guess oh my God. all exist in Imagine it. if in Starfield, you can go to an apocalyptic Earth, and you're at, you, it's the Fallout world. Then you can go to the Skyrim world. Not that that's going to happen, but that'd be kind of crazy. No, that's exactly what's going to happen. You know I why? Don't think, I don't think it's that. Because we said it. <laughs> we do have a weird knack for predicting <laughs> all the most obscure things that get announced. Uh, anyway... I don't know that it is so much a weird knack. Maybe that we just have. Uh, I, I feel like it'd feeling. be cool to have like a little, a little. Assuming that you can travel from like planet to planet to planet to planet, I, I, I wouldn't see why not. You know, sure. but yeah, why not? it'd be cool if the, like one of the planets was a little reference to Fallout. Yeah, um, I could see that totally. So, uh, I, I think the next game on my list has to be Shadows Die Twice. So the more I hear about this game, if you will. Uh yes, I I don't I I hate mispronouncing the name is the only reason I usually just go to Shadows Die Twice. It's Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Um, Sekiro colon Shadows Die Twice. So of of course this is kind of like the Microsoft the Xbox One Scorpio edition. Remember like it was called Scorpio and then they were like, hey, we're actually calling this the Xbox One X. Everyone was like, I'm just gonna keep calling it Scorpio. Um, <laughs> it kind of feels like that for me. Regardless, um, just everything we saw about this game looks amazing. The like the prosthetic arm that we'll get to use 
the idea of Soulsborne level design, which they have confirmed, it is Dark Souls level de- based level design, um, which is the most important component to a, a From game for me, uh, is it, we'll we'll be able to have like three D three like verticality in our level design, um, like the idea of bosses being able to like jump up to a new. You know, like, think about it this way. If you're fighting, imagine fighting, let's say, Gwyn. Except Gwyn can jump up to new platforms and attack you from above or below. Like, like that is super appealing to me. We saw a fight um, where you're, you're fighting against a, a knight with, like, some sort of joust. And um, just, you know, all the things that we heard about how many different phases the bosses are going to have. Uh, and this whole idea of like you, once you die, you can come back. Have you have you heard the whole thing, Marcos, about how you can die? The enemy that killed you will think you're dead. You can then sneak up on them and attack them. Uh, Was and that get, like, the whole part to the the trailer? That that got me real confused. I, I didn't understand. Yeah, that it was part con- it was a little confusing. But they they further explained that when you die and shadows die twice, you actually have the opportunity to then like stealth attack your enemy who thinks you're dead. Yeah. So, um, and apparently you earn these second lives via, like, gameplay components. So I'm guessing, like, through a parry meter or something, you know, how much from values your parry ability to parry. So That sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds fun. Um, and the giant snake at the end? Oh, yeah, the giant my. snake. It's like, I, you can totally tell. Uh, and apparently that was part of the demo that was showed off. Man, I wish really? I had gone to this year's E3. Yeah. And so the snake isn't a boss, but it is a a constant opponent like it is always there uh in the specific level that people played it is always kind of like in the background and it would come out like attack you at various points but it wasn't really a boss fight it was just kind of like something that was alive in the universe um so i i kind of was called back to like maybe the hydra for dark souls one which i don't know if you've seen a hydra yet yeah Um, I've, i've seen so um you know, something like that. But yeah, this is this looks like the From game that, you know, they they keep saying this isn't really a successor to Soulsborne, which is fine because it doesn't have the RPG components. Um, but of all the things I liked about From games, that's probably the thing I cared about the least uh, was the ability to role play in them. It, I think it does give them a certain amount of replayability, but you know, whatever. So does their weapon design, and this one looks like it's going to be great uh, with the switch weapons and. Stuff like that. So, uh, Marcus, yeah, was, little, uh, being able to do stuff that was yeah, like apparently you'll be able to. I think at one point it turned into like an umbrella that was like a shield. That I'm thing was pretty sick. sure that's going to be the parry mechanic. You're right. Oh. Like I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they said there's no shield in the game, but that you can use your weapons to shield you somehow. So yeah. Um. Anyway, Marcos, what's up? Uh, for your next for your next title, Babylon's Fall. Ooh. I'm really, really interested in that game. Um, so explain why you're interested in a game that, again, was similar to Starfield. Like, just a teaser. Yeah, it was a two-minute teaser, though. <laughs> um, Platinum and Square. I mean, Near Automata was my favorite game of 2017. Mm-hmm. It's still I, probably one of my favorite games of all time. Like, how can they do me wrong again? I'm they, down. They I want to see what yeah. this is. I think that I think this is so. This is the same thing. The same reason Dakota and I are so excited for uh, 
Starfield, and I would argue that you actually see less. Like, I have zero idea what Babylon's Fall is going to be like. We don't How know. How would you see less? All you see in Starfield is space. <laughs> well, you see a spaceship. You see a, you see a planet unveiling oh, itself behind a, okay. a smaller planet. In Babylon's Fall, you see a party you see. of people. You see a actual battle going on. You see a history, like a storied history, leading up to whatever the fuck's yeah, going on. Okay, like. I, but okay, let's be honest. We know what kind of game Starfield is going to be, and we don't know what kind of game Babylon's Fall. Is Do gonna. we? Do yeah. we know what yes. Starfield is? And we know what like, it's going to be. We know it's going to be a Bethesda RPG. They've already said. Yeah. Right. Okay, a Bethesda RPG. Like that's yeah. pretty broad. Babylon's Fall is going to be a square platinum action adventure. But, like, but platinum is one of the things I love about platinum is that all everything they do is so weird and different. Right. Like yeah. there's a difference here, just almost because of the developer. Then action adventure platformer twin stick. Like they can do anything. Like <laughs> no, that's what I love about go. platinum. I'm with you. I'm excited about this one. Platinum is, Platinum is great. Platinum is one of those... I wasn't excited about that trailer till I saw Platinum. You know? It was that kind of thing. It was like, okay, I, Platinum doesn't... You know work. what screwed me up about that trailer? Uh-huh. I, I really thought it was Final Fantasy Tactics. I thought Square was going to hit us right in the gut from a franchise that died two decades ago. And then Babylon's Fall, and I was like, okay, okay, fine. Yeah, it's, it's a, a nice makeup. Because it, it was weird how... I don't think Final Fantasy made a single appearance during Square Enix's conference, right? No, it did. It did? Did it. Yeah. Final Fantasy XIV showed up. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dakota, what, what, what was next on your list? We'll do a couple more for each of us. Uh, Mine is Cyberpunk. Yeah, good one. Yeah, Cyberpunk was real, real good. This one's going to make it on everybody's list, right? Like, this, ha- this is like... Right, Right, Marcos? It wasn't on my list. Right, Marcos? It's going to be <laughs> on your list, list, right? It wasn't on my list. Just say yes and, and shut up. <laughs> I'm not going to be a liar. I forgot about Cyberpunk. Maybe maybe if I remembered it, maybe. But like, it would have been yeah. number eight. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. It also yeah. seems like the kind of antithesis of a game you would play and enjoy, Marcos. Like for, well, what do you mean? First-person RPG. Oh. Like, I don't know. I just... I don't think it doesn't look like an RPG. It looks fun. No, like, it's definitely it's an RPG. Fun. Really? Yeah. In fact, yeah, it's it so like, RPG that it's like the just from the details that have come out, it's like the most RPG game I've ever heard of. I just don't know if I trust it yet. That's the thing. Like the trailer did. Why wouldn't you? Like it just like I wasn't interested in in it the first time I heard about the game. I wasn't interested in it the second time we talked about it on the podcast. The trailer came out. I was like, cool. <laughs> and then, and then the 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 conference ended. And I, I don't like, understand okay. how that. Do you like cyberpunk? Cool. Stuff? I don't. Not, not what, what, what specifically, is but just the style. The style. I like really Blade Runner. Love. Yeah, I love Blade Runner. But the game, like that's like I got Blade Runner vibes from it. Like that was cool, but it wasn't. Like I'm not saying that I'm not hyped for it. It's just not my top you haven't gotten into it you haven't gotten hooked yet it's fine you'll get there i think this is another instance of like you you don't know if you can trust it yet but cd project red maybe more so than any of the other you know uh any of the other developers we've mentioned has proven themselves to be pretty trustworthy so far yeah that's why i'm like it's made being made by good developers 
Why wouldn't I? Yeah, I think that hurts. If you haven't played The Witcher, like, you know, there's a reason that people are excited about this this thing beyond... A, like, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I'm sure I'm going to play it and love it. It's just not on my top five. It wasn't on my top six. Like, okay. maybe number seven, maybe number eight. Fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm I just love the style. Yeah. The oh, style the looks super, super cool. I'm rolling to, like... I, it's becoming a lot more popular recently, cyberpunk style, you know, or theme or genre, whatever. Which is it weird seems because like Blade Runner did really poorly in the box office. Um, yeah, it seems like out of nowhere, like that just kind cool. of general style is becoming super popular right now. I don't know why. It was really popular in like the 80s, 90s, and now it's not even with back, just yeah. like with indie games, with this, like even in some movies, it's like, huh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm for it. It's yeah, fun, it's sure. cool. It's different than our like Western fantasy, which we've seen a lot of recently. Uh, yeah, like I think Lord maybe that's why Game of Thrones stuff like that. It's kind but... of like a a new thing to you know people love dystopian and cyberpunk's a little bit inherently dystopian. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, I think maybe it's just something new right now, and media's kind of getting into it. It's like, ooh, look at look at this is fun and funky. And if anybody's and... gonna tackle it, I see. I'm like so for CD Projekt Red doing it. Um, Probably more so than I would have even been for Bethesda, who I think does a really nice job with those big wide open spaces, and that is not what cyberpunk needs to be. It needs to be like claustrophobic environments. Yeah, uh, and that's not. I agree. What, yeah, that's not what Bethesda does well. So, um, yeah, no, I'm totally in on this. One of the things that got me really excited, stupidly, was that I learned that they have a cool. Uh, there's a there's various attributes that your character has because you create your own character named V, uh, and one of the attributes is cool, a cool rating. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. <laughs> like I just I want to be is really. There's a cool. level on the attribute. Can like, you imagine like, that being an actual skill in like... any other RPG? No, you gotta be cool. You gotta be cool. Um, yeah, so, I, and nice. just the the various things that I've heard from this game, it's like one of those too good to be true things. Um, but I just with CD Projekt Red and how long they've been working on this game, we we marked on this a long time ago. But this is a game they've been like slowly, slowly in the cooker since like 2012. So yeah, the cooker. You know, this, this is the, this is gonna be like a, and we won't get this till 2019. I bet at the very earliest, like late 2019. So what if it shows Aww. up like December 31st? Merry Christmas, everybody. I, I, you know, I as much try. as I love stuff like that, I just think it's becoming less popular for big developers. They're not really going to do it after Christmas. I need, I need a I need a Christmas release for a game. I, I need that to happen. It's, I need no one's going to do that because you want to sell your game Christ, before yeah. Christmas. Right. Yeah. Oh, you I want people to be able to... Play. People are going to buy your game before yeah, you know, it as a gift for everyone. I really want a game to release on Christmas just so it could be the Christmas game. And plus, stores aren't even... I guess you could always get it digitally but like stores aren't even open on christmas what publisher would do this what publisher would shadow drop a game on on christmas sega Sega. they They totally would no sega would do it i don't buy it sega would do it ea ubisoft would do it ea oh yeah you're right ubisoft you know what ubisoft is the new sega Okay. okay. We're just going to leave that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think next up for me is probably Last of Us 2. I was really concerned yeah. with how good this game looked. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, he looks too good. Yeah, he's looked too good. Um, allegedly, it's all real. People got to see a, a more realized version of it. Uh, what do you think you watched? The myth? I know. I mean, I you know, companies have a history of heavily scripting, which I'm sure it was scripted on some level, but you know, making a game look a way that it's not actually going to play um, when we get we get a chance to to play it ourselves. So, Apparently. I don't know. I, I kind of figured if anybody could do it, Naughty Dog could. But go back and watch that trailer. There is some... The ways that the enemies react to your hits, the way that Ellie reacts to being hit, like, the, the combat just looks so engrossing and real. It's almost a little freaky. Um, but I'm, I'm so, so down to, to play it for myself. And I'm really... I'm really excited for the game to come out too. Also, I wanted to mention it that in the trailer, you know, you know, did you notice that there weren't any like clickers or nothing? I did. We don't yeah. sing. Mm-hmm. We don't see a single uh, like zombie. It kind of looked clicker, like they were in say. sort of a post, like post 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 apocalyptic. It seemed know, almost a little Walking Dead esque, where there's less of a focus on the Walking Dead, or you know, the clickers or the zombies or whatever, and more of a focus on like how awful people have become in uh, the post, post-apocalyptic life. Which kind of makes sense, kind of makes sense for where that game ended, but um, I don't know. It's we'll kind s- of like Walking Dead's more about, like, I guess at some point, like, stuff's becoming about zombies and more about, like, humanity. Right. Oh, it yeah. It seems like it tries I, I mean, to I take think, that term. I think that was what The Last of Us was about, was about humanity. Oh, yeah, of course. Know, with the any, zomb- any zombie game is about humanity. Right. Ironically. At some point or another. Yes. Um, and we never see Joel. We did see him in the first well, trailer, I mean, though. We don't ever see Joel. No, we don't. No, we don't. We, we don't see Joel him ever. No, 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 no. We don't. We don't see him in this one. Not We're not talking one. about the first. the first. We're talking about the here and now, not the first, not the second. This is the here and now. Okay. <laughs> but the first what? trailer, we see him. No, that doesn't matter right now. Okay. What matters what? is we don't see him in this one. Right. What? Maybe you did. You just weren't look, looking close. No, enough. we didn't. We didn't see Joel in this one. No, I think you just he, he really wasn't. No, he wasn't in it. I think y'all are. If you I watch think, the press I conference, tons of people sense. are like, "Where's Joel? Where's Joel? Where's I, Joel?" Well, I think it would make a lot of sense if Joel is really struggling with the decision he makes at the end of Last of Us. You know, maybe like... he just did. No, he's alive because oh, one of the characters mentions him and says, "Your old man." Blah 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 blah. Assuming. He's Joel referring to Joel as Ellie's old man. Sully. Oh, not Sully. Don't compare Uncharted to The Last of Us. Why not? They're both Naughty Dog, right? Yes, they're just in different leagues, my friend. Different leagues. Uh, different let's let's right. each do one more game, because uh, this podcast is getting really long. <laughs> Marcos, what, what, what's the last have three more. Oh, just, uh, you can just run. Go, we'll deep dive on one, but you can name the other two. Okay, Marcos, fine. go ahead. Doom Eternal. What? What's that? Doom, Doom Eternal. Eternal. Oh, Doom Eternal. Yeah, I always forget it's not Doom Two. That was a smart move on their part. Uh, I mean, because there's a Doom. 2. That sounds stupid. Yeah, uh, I won't lie. It sounds lame. Doom How dare you? Eternal. Eternal. You're lame. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Doom Two sounds lame. How Doom dare Eternal. You cool. It only took him no, thirty she, minutes to she, get she, me rock she's hard. She's agreeing with you, Marcos. Oh, I'm saying okay. Doom Fine. 2 as a name sounds lame, but Doom Eternal sounds cool. Cool. All right. I take back everything Marcus I said. About to go all <laughs> um, yeah, like Eternal uh, Fire. It's good. It fits. But so 
Doom 2, we didn't, we, it was a teaser. So again, just like Marcos has been lambasting us for picking these teaser games, he's now picked two for himself. Yeah, but this was a teaser done fucking phenomenally, all right? It had badass music, it had monsters going on, it had a fucking world taken over by hell Mars. Like, yo, let's go. I'm down. I'm ready to shoot shit with a fucking shotgun and have it. Give me a 20-foot recoil. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks really good. No doubt it will be good. This is probably a ways in the distance because I'm assuming id or id is working on uh, Rage 2 and helping <laughs> Dicaton 2? No, right. not that. They're not working on Yo, it's going to happen. <laughs> I can't at this point, again, no franchise is dead. No franchise is dead, so I, no. I, I buy it. Dakota, <laughs> what's, uh, what's next on your list? Okay. I'm 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 gonna say two games because okay. one, no one's mentioned Smash yet. Yeah, I feel like because well, that was like, my fit, but we're we got cut down. Okay, <laughs> well we can we can all lament on Smash yeah. in a, in a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna also mention Assassin's Creed. That was my second one. I feel like oh, yeah. that was almost expected because I'm. Can't wait I to mean, fuck Socrates. <laughs> but uh. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm like a, I'm a super super big Assassin's Creed fan. Um, yeah, bigger than and like, anybody I I know. Which is like weird because it's I I don't ever talk about it much, but it that, it really is one of like my favorite game series, and it it's such a good game series. And I feel like recently it's just it's been kind of real miss with me lately. Like nothing really, I don't know. Feels Did you not like Origins. I never finished it, mostly because it keep kept giving me a weird error saying my drivers weren't updated, even though they were. Whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember you having PC. Anyway, continue. Um, but like origin, it's just origins was almost too big for its own good, and there's it was overwhelming how much there was to like immediately do, um, which is like that's something you don't usually hear. No, I'm with but you. I don't like it I, was. I don't like that direction that games have taken. It was real. It it was it was overwhelmingly big for me, and I kind of got like, especially because I'm one of those like in Assassin's Creed specifically. Like, I see everything, I do everything, then I do the story. But it's hard for me to do that in Origins, and it just messes up how I like to play the game. Because I, I can't do that, because I can't obviously do everything, because there's so damn much to do. It's right. exhausting. Yeah. But I love the older series, and Odyssey looks so good. Uh, I, I don't... Oh, her name's Cassandra. She's a huge lesbian, and I love her, too. <laughs> Oh, you can romance people, and there's dialogue options, and it's yeah, looking it's so good. Yeah. I think that's probably the most movie. understated part about all of this, is that Assassin's Creed has slowly turned itself into one of the biggest RPG An RPG. In, yeah, because yeah. before any any game before Origins, like none of them had skill trees. That no. You didn't have a skill tree. That didn't exist. You now you have a skill weapons. tree. That was about the most RPG-ish thing you could do. Yeah, but even then, it's like, at some point, you could upgrade everything as long as you played right. the game right. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you almost had to, because it was hard to play without upgraded stuff. Sure. But um, it, Origins was the first game with, like, a skill tree, and where you could kind of, like, try to forge your own path in how you want to play the game. And now they're kind of taking that a step further. They're adding dialogue options, and you can romance people. And not just, you know, same-sex people. You can be gay as hell, and that's fun. Yeah, well, I think the the big takeaway for me uh, about is you can be gay as hell. Yeah, well, beyond that, second, <laughs> my second priority in in talking about this game, 
um, is just how like distinct it looked. And I, I think that even Origins, which was an entirely new like deserty environment, had a way of being like, oh yeah, I'm still playing an Assassin's Creed game. Um, I don't know if it was the architecture or what. Whereas this one feels, it feels bright, colorful. Uh, like, oh yeah. You know, the the characters have life to them. There was just something about it that I was like, you know what? This is the Assassin's Creed game. I just didn't know that I wanted. Um, and now yeah, because it's, it's like here. I never would have thought. Like to me, like when it when I heard Rome, I was like, oh, that's that's lame. That's kind of boring. But once I saw it, it was like, wow, this looks. This looks really, really good. This looks fun, and I'm I'm excited for this game. I'm excited to go be in Rome and be a gladiator or something. Well, I do think I, I do think that for from what we've seen of of the game, um, this is this is definitely, and it it's also important to remind people that this is the only game we're talking about now that's going to be out within the next few months. Everything else we've talked about is distant future. Uh, this game is pretty much done, I would assume. So um, there's no really need. There's no real need to hypothesize about what this game is going to be. We're we're gonna get an Assassin's Creed RPG where we can romance characters that we you know we can explore this beautiful looking area, and we're gonna get to do it in a few months. So it's hard not to be super excited about that. I think. Um, so good choice. I'll go ahead and knock out. Smash Bros. Um, there were some other smaller games I wanted to talk about. I'll just list them. Uh, I think Neo Cab looks really interesting. It's the one where you you drive around and you're having dialogue options with various people that you're uh, taking in the back of your cab. It has again like a very cyberpunky style of it's like purple and black. Um, and I think that looks interesting. There's Tunic, which is the Zelda like game. I don't know if you guys saw anything from Tunic. Oh that, yeah, I saw. It, it looked that, beautiful. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, and people who have played it said that it's very good and adorable. Um, you know, I I don't think we give quite enough love to the to the smaller games being pushed out, but um, I give plenty of love to indie games. Well, we'll maybe what we'll do next week is we'll focus a little bit on some smaller titles, not necessarily just E three stuff, but uh, you know, we've Period. covered so many large games. It'd be fun to go through some of these, but. I think, uh, you know, it's hard to ignore Smash Bros and how much it just kind of dominated the, the uh, entire E3. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was, I was going to say, I've mentioned that I, I'm not even like much of a Smash fan, but like even I'm a little pumped for Smash Ultimate. Sure. So one of the things that people need to understand about Smash Ultimate is that it's essentially the game's, the entire franchise's library of characters um a majority of the the different stages it's sort of like you know how we we were kind of wondering whether or not this would be like a deluxe version of smash 4 uh like we weren't sure if this was a brand new game or if it was going to be like a mario kart 8 situation where it got an uh you know a deluxe version i think this is like a deluxe version of the entire smash bros franchise um it's like the uh it's like the best alpha three to street fighters alpha it, you know, well, it's kind of, I, I, don't, I can't speak to that, Marcos, um, but it's... It's like Ultimate Marvel 3 to Marvel 3. Well, so does that mean that it, like, in, explain a little further? Because I'm not sure I... It I, was basically new game, new mechanics, but same shit. Well, I don't even... 
I don't know that I even want to say necessarily that there are because some all new... the characters seem to have a like they a lot of the characters seem to have been overhauled. That's what they do. Yes, they they've changed. They've tweaked a and lot of the characters. New roster. Uh, there's mm. a few new uh, the Inklings and uh, who there and Ridley. Ridley was that it? Were those the only two we know of? Right don't now? forget Daisy and Daisy, who's Daisy. an Echo character, but still. Yeah, but she's still Echo important. Fighter. Like it's an updated roster to Smash Four. Yeah, um, it's weird because it's you're right. It it definitely feels Smash Four, which is fine because most people thought Smash Four's gameplay was pretty close to ideal for that franchise. They're running out of room to do interesting things, I think. Um, and so what they yeah, decided they... to do instead was gather all the good things they've ever done and put them in one spot. So, and they even changed the control schemes. A little bit, yeah. Um, a fair bit. I mean, smashes are locked to buttons. Your perfect dodges are changed inputs. Your air dodges changing directions have been added and have been added. Right. Like, they added a lot of weird stuff. They changed they a lot add, of weird they stuff. They did add, like, there's a lot of smaller features um, that are making their way into the game. Small mechanical changes. So, it, it's going to be a process of relearning. Um, for anybody Good. who's played Smash before, my time to come up. Yeah, and beat no, pros. I think that was purposeful. I think this was like, hey, uh, this is this is our romance letter to, uh, or our love letter, not romance, our love letter to all the fran- fans of our franchise. But at the same time, we're gonna add some new things, and uh, everybody's gonna have to learn this game at the same time. And um, you know, just how much they showed of this game, it wasn't like they were shying away. Did we get a release date? Yeah, December 20-something, December 19th. I don't think it was that late. It was like... It was December, I think. It was. It was like mid-late December. So, definitely 2018. The game looked pretty much done. I'm assuming they're going to tweak some things. Uh, but the, the game itself yeah, they... is about as bad. You know, anything that I would have hoped from a Smash game appears to be here. So... Yeah, I heard when uh, they were doing that, like uh, their tournament thing, that um, Bayonetta's broken still. Yeah, they, oh, okay. uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't balance anybody. They just changed stuff. Well, they balanced I'm sure a that... few people. They they nerfed a couple. Yeah, Bayonetta's broken. Not Bayonetta. Yeah, for some reason. I'm sure I mean, that turn. I'm sure that tournament helped them to see, like, okay, what tweaks can we make right. before like the game comes out? Sure. Also, what characters are you guys excited to? Who are you excited to see the return of in Smash? The return of yeah. Ice Climbers, baby. Everyone's wow. excited for Ice Climbers. I hate Ice Climbers. <laughs> I think everyone also hates Ice Climbers. Yeah. They, <laughs> everyone's they, excited for them, but everyone hate hates them. Love, <laughs> they yeah. beat walruses. They beat freaking uh, seals. Like they're terrible. It's funny, dude. It's, it's cartoon. Funny. It's funny. <laughs> funny. It's funny. It makes okay. Me laugh. Okay. I'm yeah, real excited uh-huh. for Daisy. You said the return of. Yeah, uh, but I'm excited for Daisy. Uh, it, okay. it just ignores your own question. <laughs> Marcos, who, who, which character are you most excited about? I'm ready to play as Lil Mac again. Yeah. Yeah, Lil Mac. Lil Mac Burger. Um, Mac and Star Wolf cheese. also has me interested because he just looks cool. Yeah, Star Wolf does look cool. And then um, uh, I saw some gameplay where people were using Snake, and uh, he looks fun to use. I'm, I'm not excited for Snake because they nerfed his booty. Yeah, they did nerf his booty. Uh, well, let's go ahead and move on. I, you know, I wanted to do a whole thing about <laughs> our top three games that weren't at E3. Instead, I think we're just going to each have to name one 
Um, That's fine. I yeah. only had one that mattered. Yeah. Damn. So mine, I'm just going to go ahead and say mine is Animal Crossing. <laughs> hey! <laughs> just kidding. You can't take mine! <laughs> I, know. I know. I just wanted to steal your thunder. Uh, Dakota, tell us why Animal Crossing not being at E3 is such a disappointment. <sighs> I mean, I, I knew I was prepared to be disappointed because it's like, what? I didn't realize how, I think... I, I'm super disappointed, but also, like, I tried not to be too disappointed, because I was like, eh, probably won't, you know, trying not to, uh, like, get hyped for something that probably isn't going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think I, I was more, like, what's the word? Like, su- surprised to see how many other people were also disappointed that there wasn't Animal Crossings. Like, to the point where it became almost like a, a little meme, if you had watched the direct. It's yeah, like, like all these... almost. Yeah, almost like Waluigi. But it's like all these people were like, no Animal Crossings, no Animal Crossing. Why is there no Animal Crossings? I'm like, man, I'm not the only one pining for Animal Crossing right now. And I think that felt kind of good and made made me hopeful that in the next direct I might see Animal Crossings because so many other people also want it. I think the thing about Animal Crossing is that there is this, you know, with the mobile game being announced just recently, there I think was more hope that Nintendo was dedicated to that franchise. I think in all reality, what happened is Animal Crossing did really well on mobile. Nintendo sees that there's a market. This seems to be their MO. Put put out a market, you know, like a, a, a casual game on the phone and then bring it over. Like that's what they're doing with Pokemon. Um, it's it's It seems to be the direction they're headed with Fire Emblem and uh, Animal Crossing. So... They put out these mobile games, and then a, a little while after that, we get, like, the hardcore one that's going to bring in those casual fans. You know, my sister played a lot of Animal Crossing. Sorry, Marcos? Does that mean we're going to get a uh, Magikarp game? No. God, I wish. There'll probably be a Magikarp hard. game, some sort of mini, you know, mini game, like a uh, Pokemon Stadium at some point. Dude, I played that game to completion. I would have... Game. We know, and then you put it down so that way when they added more stuff, you wouldn't get sucked back in. Yep. Um, so, but I'm real sad to not see Animal because it's, it's been so long since, you know, New Leaf, and there wasn't even a release for the Wii U, which I mean, I didn't own a Wii U, so that's fine, but. Who did? It's been, it's been a little while. I just like making the Wii U jokes. Um, and I feel like Animal Crossing is just such a fun and cozy game that it's like. How, I feel like it's been a long time since it's like, man, everyone's playing Animal Crossings, and this is real fun, and we get to have little towns, and this is sweet and fun. I think I don't know. that the thing that Nintendo is soon going to have to realize is that they are the Switch is gotten a lot bigger than they probably expected. This is no longer the Wii U, and that they need to be pumping out games. If you can't get those big third-party third party releases like Cyberpunk, in order to compete... You know, you need to be pumping out those big games. It, Zelda and Mario can't sell your Switch for the next couple of years, right? Yeah, like, it'll these, do it. These need to happen for the next because, especially for this year, like all, all Smash their, isn't yeah. going to be the only thing selling their console. And let's be honest, no one's real stoked about Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. No, and I think that'll People still move some consoles here and there. I think Smash is gonna not as much as like a like a mainline Pokemon game would. Well, I think, Smash and Mario Party. I think there were still a fair amount of people who, even after you know Breath of the Wild and Odyssey, were like, you know what? I'm still like I'm a game or two away from wanting to buy this console. Uh, I think and I, I feel like in this, this next 
they've made this mistake several times. The Wii sold like hotcakes right off the bat, but you don't have third-party support, and you don't have first you don't have enough first-party studios to just pump out your first-party games. Uh, you know, it just didn't exist. Same thing happened with Wii U. We get a couple games off the bat, and then we never really get anything from there. Uh, it, you know, I, I'm I hate to be pessimistic because I, you know, I love Nintendo, but we now know sometimes they're not smart. Yeah, I mean, what in the next Nonsense, year? They're genius. In they the sold year, cardboard. In the next year, I'm not going to get an Animal Crossing game. I'm not going to get a Mario game. I'm not going to get a Zelda game. I'm not going to get a Metroid game. Uh, I'm going to get a Pokemon game that was not built for me. Uh, what? That's what, what I'm getting it? on the Switch. Like, it, it hates, I hate to be pessimistic about it, but if they don't have, if Smash weren't coming out this year, I'm not sure I would be playing a whole lot. Um, that's which I think that's totally fair because I'm kind of in this like, of course, everyone loves. They hit it like they went real big like their first year with our Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Now it's like you got to kind of keep the flow going and they're kind of like Smash Bros is pretty good but like that's kind of it. They don't that's think ahead. That's selling me right now. I, I really believe that Nintendo has a history of not expecting that they still have fans <laughs> who will buy this. Which is crazy. You know it's like they just don't have they don't have a good idea of of their market. And that's one thing they've always kind of misunderstood is you know like you can sell consoles by putting a Zelda game out, but if you want to compete with the other guys, Sony and Microsoft, then you you have to keep publishing games because you're not going to get third-party stuff. You're not going to get the support that they will. Um, and it's only going to get worse. If Microsoft is announcing a new console two, three years, you better buckle up, Nintendo, because you're, you're going to be even further behind at that point. So... Anyway, I, I agree. That was a big... Di- it wasn't even just Animal Crossing. It was a disappointment that Nintendo didn't a- announce any other first-party titles. Um, I think that's kind of like that, too. It's like, I'm really hoping... Fire Emblem was not an announcement, but it was there. Yeah. What do you mean it wasn't an announcement? It was, an that was announcement. a new game. No, we already knew Fire Emblem was coming. What? Yeah. What? Fire Emblem Where for was the Switch this? was a thing we knew was coming before... I don't think we had ever seen that its name. We hadn't seen its name. It was just Fire Emblem first coming. Yeah, that was definitely. I don't. I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were even at last year's E3 there was a Fire Emblem trailer. I don't believe you. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, pretty sure. I'm too tired to fact check. This podcast has been almost two hours long. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marcus, what was the most disappointing uh, game that was not at E3 for you? This is hard. I had to pick one of my like twelve. Just one. Mortal Kombat. That's it's especially weird because Ed Boon kept tweeting about Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and then like the last day E3 happened, it was like, oh yeah, we're not doing anything for E3. They'll probably be at Gamescom. They didn't want to get swallowed by Smash Bros. and all the other. It wasn't gonna get swallowed. I mean, like they're gonna get swallowed regardless. Yeah, like true. of all the fighting games that are coming out this year, this past year, and then the next year after that, like, would you would fucked. you make a bet with me? I bet it's not called Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, I'll make a bet with you because it's for sure gonna be called Mortal Kombat 11. Okay, all right, five dollars. We're already bet. We have so many bets out in the open. Yeah. Somebody's got to. I don't, honestly, game. I don't remember them. Uh, I should start <laughs> writing them down. <laughs> you should. Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat's disappointing. I think. 
you know what? I, I'll go ahead and and say that I think the biggest disappointment for me was that Metroid wasn't wasn't there. Uh, that was surprising too. Like, you got Metroid coming out, and that's supposed to be like you know, you guys are you guys want to push it. Yeah, right? no, I mean, you want to talk about it? You didn't even talk about it or mention it. It's like it was dead to you. Right, and I think that's the danger with announcing things a year in advance. Um, I, I don't even think a year ago they knew who was developing that game. I think it was, I, the more I think about it, it was more like, oh, Samus Returns is going to be announced. And if they announce another mobile or 3DS game uh, in the Metroid series without announcing like a, a Switch version of a game, uh, I think they would have seen a lot of flack last year. So they, they definitely subdued that whole thing. But... There's just no excuse for me at this point with, you know, I I am a I love my Switch and I love um the ability to play indie games on the go and I loved Breath of the Wild and I loved Odyssey. They were probably my top 2 games last year. Um give or take a Cuphead. And it's just kind of give for, for okay. me at the end of the day, you know, Nintendo has to not to rehash what we just talked about, but Nintendo has to have the foresight to have a plan here. Um, the generation for them doesn't end a year after uh, you know they what? put the Switch out. So They're going to be the Christmas miracle. No, they're not releasing any games on Christmas. They're not. I'm sorry, Marcos. I don't want to break People your like you that like make Nintendo rethink their shit. They're like, you know, maybe it'd be cool to be this ill date if we like suddenly do christmas mario odyssey's no that's not gonna happen no and then then they hear you say that kind of pessimism they're like you know what they don't even deserve us they don't appreciate the shit we do for them (laughs) we've been here since the beginning and we do you know what i love this idea that nintendo is withholding stuff from their fans (laughs) like they heard dakota pining for uh animal crossing and they're like, you know what? She just doesn't deserve it yet. You know what? Because they, they know. They know that Dakota's going to buy Animal Crossing, play it for two hours, and then fall asleep. Just do uh, not I won't lie. That's probably true, that's though. That's what you do in Animal Crossing. It's relaxing. No! Like, yeah. Why do you... Uh, I mean, I'm it is a little bit of... There's, it's I Animal Crossing is a game direction. you play for ten minutes a day, and that's kind of it. What? Obviously, it, I don't that's literally, It's literally one of those games. You pick it up for... 10, 30 minutes a day, then you then you stop. That's why it would be uh, check in. Switch. Yeah. I mean, I, it's perfect in general, but well, also on the Switch. It's also a game you could play all day if you really wanted to, if you have that kind of like self motivation to fish all day. You're probably right. Let's go ahead and move on to Even for me, it's I don't play it for like hours straight. Months I think on some end. people who binge Animal Crossing. It's just oh like, no, they do. There's whole yeah. YouTube channels and tumblies and things created tumblies. dedicated <laughs> to tumblers. Right, before we get into this, let's move on to our trivia segment really quickly. Oh. This one was sent Don't to us from silence me. I, I'm not silencing you, but when we start to get into tumblies, uh, I know we're about to <laughs> way off track, <laughs> uh, and we 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 definitely need to wrap this bad boy up. Um, this was sent from from Kitty Pat. Uh, thank you, Kitty Pat. You you've won a free game, so if you want to message me, you can uh, have your choice of any humble bundle game that's pretty much released in the last two months. So, um, how many published Kingdom Hearts games are there, including collections? Oh God! Uh, Marcos is up two points, so he is going to go ahead and 
guess first. Now, I do have four multiple choice options. Was it A, nine games? Was it B, 11 games? Was it C, 13 games? Or was it D, 17 games? Like published? Like what published, do you mean by published? Published and games? collectors. That, mean, that means that they were they were able to be played uh, by by people without uh, you know in a purchasable sense, like either download or you could buy it. Just not download illegally because it was like a game that was half made and then you know you got a code for it or whatever. Not that. And that that includes the like the collections. Yes. So like one point five collection. All that. Yep, the remixes. Okay, what were your what were the fucking choices? A was nine, B eleven, C thirteen, or D seventeen. Eleven? Okay. So No B. thirteen. Thirteen. C, C? Okay, thirteen. Dakota? I'm gonna go with thirteen too, because it just kind of feels right. Okay, uh so this was actually surprising to me. Um it is D seventeen. What the 17. Hell? Yeah. So I went, I did my best to fact check this and give or take one or two. That's why I separated them. Um, so let me just run through the list real quick, which I have written down Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. This is order of release. Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts Coded, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two <gasps> days. I forgot about the Rees. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance, Kingdom Hearts X, Kingdom Hearts Unchained X. Uh, a they, Kingdom what, Hearts really? game that was developed. That what? It, Unchained Key is just an update of Key. It's still it published. The what? And it, okay, so here is the actual description. It was an international port of Kingdom Hearts X that was re-released under the name Kingdom Hearts Union X. Yeah, Union uh, Cross Unchained Key. Yeah, sure. But you can't physically get. You can't. You can no longer get the original Kai. Still published. <sighs> I don't like this. Okay, well that's why I said give or take one. You guys still would have been wrong. <laughs> Nonsense. Uh, the, there was a Kingdom Hearts game. It was just called Kingdom Hearts uh, that was released on Verizon Wireless's broadband service yeah. on October first of two thousand and four. Only in Japan. I'm looking this up. Okay. For an entire year, uh, and then. It finally released in the United States a year later, and it was part of the launch games of the Vcast service, which is now dead. Uh, <laughs> published by Disney Mobile. No involvement from Square Enix, which is weird. Um, the Vcast? Oh my god, this looks terrible! I'm sure it was terrible. I didn't know this existed. Uh, there was a Kingdom Hearts mobile game. Uh, I need to play it now. Uh, there's Kingdom Hearts H. So this is we're now on to the collections. Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix, uh, Kingdom Hearts Collector's Pack, which is the 1.5 and 2.5 Remix, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 Remix, and of course the upcoming Kingdom Hearts 3, which was not counted. Um, so, 17! Too many. Uh, Kingdom Hearts has uh, made its way around, hasn't it, Marcos? Yo, Ooh. I'm looking at the screenshot of the V cast, and it You're just right. looks like a very, very terrifying Sora. Okay, so <laughs> let me. Gonna... I, I just really quickly want to. Uh, the the game has a story. It just to to put to put that in perspective. Now, the best thing I could find 
is that the game's storyline features Sora struggling to free himself from a nightmare induced by Maleficent's magic. So it seems like he's literally just in some sort of nightmare sequence that has no real relation to the game. But it was a Kingdom Hearts game. It was. With the story. On VCast. That's going to bite us in the ass. It's going to bite us in the ass. Nobody I know that loves Kingdom Hearts talks about this fucking game. It's going to bite Nomura. Because if you don't know, Nomura is doing a giant recap of all the games. So if you want to like get ready for Kingdom Hearts 3, go watch that video. What if the giant twist is something to do with this VCast game? That's like, why like, I have to go play this yeah. game because some, something's <laughs> going to happen. And it's going to be a pull and everybody's going to be like, what the fuck? And I'm going to be like, they're like, yo, Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway thank you guys for listening to us uh this week um uh, again we appreciate the the continued support we've now had over 100 listens on all of our um various episodes released let's make that 200 Woo! i think we're, we're really close to hitting 200 on our video games i was checking this uh it was one of our first episodes preserving video games uh video game preservation we're almost at 200 so I'm glad of all the episodes. I felt like that was maybe one of our best ones. I don't remember then, it. Then we have so episodes. That's good. We what? have episodes like this that just drag on, and we talk about uh, tumbleys and how long is this episode? I thought this was going to be a short. You said it was going to be lean. Uh, so I think actually, if we're not already at two hours, we're coming pretty close to it. We're at one hour fifty-seven minutes, according. Oh, I think I, we'll that. we'll probably cut some stuff away, including our bad faulty start. But that was like four minutes. Oh boy, uh, Marcus, where can so that means we just you? need a. Oh, yo, oh, hit ahead. me up. Twitter, what? <laughs> what? You just cut me off in the sorry. middle of my. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, you being a podcast host is hard sometimes. Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Marcus. No, no. What? What? What was I so rudely interrupted? No, Dakota for? was going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give her a black one. <laughs> Dakota, uh, <laughs> no, no, by all means, no, uh, you already fucking went ahead. <laughs> fucking go on, like finish your thought. Now I feel so bad because I was gonna say we just need to drag it out for three more minutes, so it's a perfect two-hour-long podcast. <laughs> oh my, you've done your job. <laughs> anyway, Marcos, where can they find you? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter, Marcos Carmona, twinkiepie thirty-seven. I'm the cute one. Yeah. Okay, Dakota. Okay. I've noticed nobody has followed me recently on Twitter, so I'm assuming no one's able to find the three in at the Empress. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you a hint. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't remember where don't it's even at. I don't remember where the three is. <laughs> is I think it's maybe Twitter the first right one. It's the third one. It's the second it's, one. It's the th- no, there's three E's. It's the third one. What? What do you mean there's three E's? It's at T H E V capital okay. E M- You're right. th- Empress. I'm the dummy. <laughs> okay, it's you after can find the me. R in Empress. You can find me at Benjamin Plays. Uh I I've had a couple followers. I think the big thing about Twitter is that um I, I'm really trying to use it for my like stray thoughts that I don't ever make their way to the podcast or I guess rarely do. I've been doing this thing on Twitter where I uh talk about I like five games that are really bad but have interesting features. So I, I did that and then I, I'm talking about games that badly need a sequel and I started with Dead Space. I think Dead Space needs um needs to be brought back from the dead. No pun I would intended. love that. 
Yeah. Also, I also use my Twitter for stray thoughts, but it's more so stray thoughts I probably shouldn't say out loud or around other people. Yeah, that's okay. We, we all Mine's a hodgepodge very soon. So uh, I also, I'm working on an article for Epilogue. We have a new structure coming this July uh, in terms of our published work where we'll have pretty much something available every day, whether it be a podcast, an article, a roundtable from our various writers, or a stream um, from the Ludo narrative team, or myself, or Dakota, or whoever. Um, so thanks again for all your support. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash epiloggaming. Uh, just go check us out. If you want to throw a dollar our way, that'd be great. Um, but if you're just listening to the podcast, we really appreciate your support. And uh, Remember to email Ben. Don't email me. Yeah, don't do that. Please do. Remember Unless to do you that. have good, Remember meaningful feedback. That has nothing to do with Secret of Mana. Hashtag Secret of Mana, Marcos. Hashtag yeah. Secret of Mana. Hashtag uh, Secret of Mana. We're out of here. Uh, that's we'll what, all the, that's what all the Patreon money is going to. It's getting Marco's ha- hashtag Secret of Mana. Please. Yeah. Uh, hashtag all right. we'll see Secret of Mana. Take care. Thanks for listening.